Welcome to another episode of This Could Get Nerdy. I'm Sorrel. And I am Jeff. And we are back with a new episode this week with Spider-Man Far From Home. But first, here is what's making headlines. Jeff, you want to start off? Uh, I guess what's making headlines. Uh, before we get into the real news, um, I guess I forced you to uh, watch a little movie called Midsummer uh, this weekend. Which wasn't as terrible as I thought it was going to be. Like, not terrible <laughs> as in I thought it was going to be bad. It's just um, Ari Aster, who is the director of this. He also directed Hereditary, which Jeff considers kind of one of the best horror movies in the last decade, I think. Yeah, I would say so. That was the one which I went to see by myself because you didn't want to see it. Yeah, I saw Ocean's 8 instead and no regrets. <laughs> but um, obviously, you know, I read the synopsis for Her- hereditary so this one was a big nope um, <laughs> but i decided to give it a chance because i'm not gonna lie like you know you obviously have movies where you kind of persuade me to watch it and i do end up liking it like i really yeah because enjoyed... you realize that oh you know it's his, he's, he's right he's right about this one well i really liked the witch yeah, yeah. Um, which is a great good. super underrated horror movie um so i was just like okay i'll give this a chance and the thing is is I will tell you guys right now, if you're into, like, the Annabelle movies or the Conjuring movies, like, this is not a movie that is exactly like that. Like, no. this is this is definitely very, like, a thought-provoking horror movie. Yeah, and it's anything. very different, and it uh, it's it's definitely going to, like, upset some people. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know, like, some people, like, at our uh, showing uh, didn't like it, and they actually walked out. <laughs> Well, there were surprisingly a lot of people who watched it. Yeah, I, mean, I know. When we first came in, I saw like a you know packed house. I was very mm-hmm. like you know a lot of these people. I don't think they know what they're in for. No, and I think that that's again, it's not you know it's not like it. It's not like any of those movies where there's jump scares. I mean, a lot of mm-hmm. the um, it's more jarring and uncomfortable to watch than anything. I mean, it does. It, it doesn't even really have like you know, it's share of gore and stuff. Like you really kind of have to, have to look at the performances and um, it, it's more of a horror movie that like really makes you think about it after. But yeah. I mean, I liked it. Like, obviously I read the synopsis like a couple of days before when it came out, um, <laughs> which I was fine with this time. So I knew what I was getting into, but even from the reviews, they were like, you know, Florence Pugh, she's the um, lead actress in it. She, her performance was just, it was really good. You know, like her, um, just kind of her struggles with her own like mental illness or mental health, mm. right? And just kind of seeing how she um, interacts with the different characters and stuff. So for her, like her progression in the movie was really great. But I mean, yeah, it's not a movie for everyone, but it is a good movie. Like if you do like solid horror movies and you've seen your share that aren't like, you know, exactly mainstream, like this is a good movie to watch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot, too. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, horror movies, and mm-hmm. I especially like some of the cult ones, and, um, you know, this one, it was really good. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. Um, I, I would say that I, I Hereditary is still better mm-hmm. for me than this one. 
Um, but I did like it a lot. Yeah. I think for me, myself, for it was like the Chidi was in it. So Chidi <laughs> is played by a very William. different role yeah. for him. <laughs> so I'm um, William Jackson Harper. He's an actor on The Good Place and he plays Chidi Anagonye. And he's just like my favorite. Like he's just such a puppy dog and he's such a pure cinnamon bun and everything. And it, it's not that he stepped into a character that was like incredibly different, but obviously the tone of this movie and Good Place are obviously very. 100% like night yeah. and day. Yeah. Right? Um but that was kind of my pull for it. So, yeah, it was it was good. Like I'm not going to lie, it was it was good. It was very unsettling and it's a very jarring movie to watch, but I think that's the purpose of that type of movie. It's it, it's definitely a movie where you're kind of sitting sitting in silence for a good couple minutes after it. Right? Yeah, kind definitely. Of what happened? Yeah, it was very it's very sort of similar feeling to uh when I was watching Hereditary, mm-hmm. where just throughout you kind of get this like sense of like you know dread and mm-hmm. just like everything is just awful. Yeah, it just keeps getting like you know worse. And... Yeah, and like the thing with like those like Annabelle and like The Conjuring and like The Nun and like it, you know, those movies are kind of like you watch it, the credits credits roll, and you're like. Whew, like that was like a fun kind of like horror movie, right? Yeah. But this one's kind. Of, this one is totally different. You just really kind of sit in like stunned silence for a good couple minutes, to, just to kind of absorb everything. Yeah, like happening. what? What I just watch? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I mean, that's our. I guess our little mini review. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to go into it too much. <laughs> um, and kind of still around the theme of horror uh the show is still very much alive and kicking and why (laughs) but the comics are different so jeff do you want to talk about the walking dead a bit since you've read like the since you you know read the comics yeah i've read i guess most i i would say i read most of the comics um probably up to uh, maybe like one issue 160 or so Mm mm-hmm so you're about um, 30 or so issues behind, I guess. Yeah, because basically, I don't know, for me, that comic, like, I really liked it, like, when I was younger, and I, just, I, would, I was following it all the way through. But after a while, it kind of became a thing where it would just follow the same sort of formula where they would always be trying to find, like, a new governor, in a sense, to kind of, mm-hmm. like, take over the previous villain. Mm-hmm. And just after a while, it sort of, like, it didn't really go anywhere you know, after a while. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, I, I kind of checked out. Um, but there were, I guess, after I've been some like recent um, things that have been going on in a book that have kind of caught my attention. Um, but then I guess out of totally out of nowhere, uh, they like stealth, I guess, canceled slash concluded uh, the comic book at issue uh, 193. <laughs> but do they know, like, I guess the writers did, did they know that yeah. 193 was the end? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was their whole, yeah, that was Robert, right, that, was, that was Kirkman's plan, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's kind of known for, like, doing these sort of, like, you know, stealth kind of drops and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he recently um, stealth dropped, like, a, another comic book, mm-hmm. uh, Die, 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 like, mm-hmm. totally just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of, like, he's known for these sort of things. Do you and, think that the, I mean, like, the thing is, like, the show hasn't been as good as it should have been. I think it really stopped after a couple seasons. Yeah. Um, there's times when it's kind of like pip- picked up again, but then, you know, for the most part, it's kind of, it's become tiresome too, where it is. Yeah. It, the show does, um, you know, equal kind of that same formula of like, they're finding a new governor and, um, you know, having, having Jeffrey Dean Morgan um, as Negan 
I thought was, was going to be great because Jeffrey Dean Morgan is an amazing actor, but obviously with AMC and the certain limitations that they, they still technically have yeah. as a network, they weren't able to kind of show the Negan that you've told me about in the comic books where he's a little bit more intense than how he is now. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is like for me, what I loved about The Walking Dead is it answered those questions of what does happen after a zombie apocalypse, right? You know, mm-hmm. obviously every movie we've seen before that was here's the start of the apocalypse. And then it kind of ends with, and now they have to survive, right? But what happens after that? What happens to the yeah. humanity? And what I really liked about The Walking Dead is you had people like Rick Grimes who was constantly on who constantly aired to the side of good as best as he could. Mm-hmm. Um, and then had people along the way to kind of encourage that. But then you had opposite people like the governor and like Negan, you know, who were really there to survive. Um, so, you know, all of their humanities kind of been shed away because they're like, well, we don't have humanity anymore. It doesn't exist because we're now in a world full of monsters. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously the initial, kind of early seasons were really good but it, quality of Macaulay has gone down yeah I, um, I mean yeah i mean we haven't watched it in like in years right no i mean like <laughs> literally the last episode i think i fully watched was um negan's uh when negan killed um glenn and abram yeah you know and then i kind of just stopped watching it from there it just it stopped being interesting yeah it's like i think the big problem with that was um seasons they had like they had too many episodes yeah. And there was like so much filler and like mm-hmm. stuff, which I just like, I really didn't care about. Yeah. And like that for me, like that was my issue with like, you know, the last couple of seasons of Game of Thrones and stuff is that um, when you put too many episodes in one season, you really just kind of lose the pacing. And it's exactly how it is where you have like a strong premiere and then it dies down, there's a filler, and then like the the episode before like the mid-season finale or the season finale is always the one that's like amazing yeah yeah because like for the walking dead it was always a thing where there's like there's four episodes that you basically have to watch a season Mm -hmm. right it's the first premiere then the first sort of finale mid-season finale Mm -hmm. then when they come back that premiere and then the total like season finale Mm -hmm. right because even the season finale and like the mid-season finale is always kind of just like it's you're kind of just like oh is that it like the yeah. last episode was better yeah you know and for me it's just like they kind of unfortunately fell into that same formula with like the way that the seasons were kind of laid out um but yeah i mean i totally agree with you i think had the walking dead been shorter more condensed episodes maybe not like six episodes because you can still tell a lot of stories with at least eight or ten mm-hmm. um you know that was good because then Again, Walking Dead, like Game of Thrones, has so many characters, um, but there's only so little stories that you, the viewers actually want to explore. Yeah. Like, no offense to the other characters, I'm pretty sure they're great, and I'm pretty sure they've got great stories, but they're not as interesting. So, when you dedicate episodes on the on like the kind of secondary characters that you you totally forgot were even there, yeah, you're kind of wondering like. Why am I watching this? Yeah, right? well, this is uh, an hour of TV I don't need to watch. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, so. And it's, yeah, and that's like going back to sort of the comic. Um, obviously, like they did with the shows, they've sort of branched off like mm-hmm. so much from the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like you know, at this point, I don't even like. 
comics really they they did need to like wrap it up mm-hmm. and i guess i don't know, sort of wrapping it up like this way i thought it was it was interesting um like i, I haven't read it like issue 193 i am i've i've read like the previous two issues though mm-hmm. and, I, and like you know the big surprise you kind of see what's happening and like yeah and, like the big surprise that sort of you know happened in those issues i understand why they ended it the way they did mm-hmm. um but yeah it was you know so that was very interesting just yeah. to do it that way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, like, The Walking Dead, at least for the comics, is ending. We haven't really heard. Yeah, until, of- like, we get an announcement, like, you know, there's going to be a, a new number one Walking Dead book. Do you think that's going to happen? I mean, <laughs> Could it happen? it's such a big property. It's hard not to, right? Yeah. Especially with, like, all the AMC shows planned and, like, those, mm-hmm. like, the Rick Grimes movie. Well, whatever. like, I'm surprised that Fear of the Walking Dead has lasted so long. Right. Yeah, who's watching that? I don't know. I don't know who are these people. Like, it was, like, a weird kind of, like, pseudo-interesting premise in the beginning because it was, like, right at the cusp of the um, apocalypse. Yeah. But then now it's, like, you're basically diving into current timelines, right? Yeah, because then they have, like, sort of different different characters, like, branching in and out of the different ones, mm-hmm. right? And this, I guess, I just, I don't know where, like... Mm-hmm. Where are these people who watch the show? Yeah. Not I, that it's like, you know, not a bad that, thing. Not that but it's bad, it's but like, like, you know, for us, obviously, we've never, we haven't really dove in to see it. I think I only saw maybe like first half of the Yeah, first I think season. I watched the first season. That's it. And after that, yeah. Yeah, because then, I mean, I don't know how far it can kind of go from there, but I guess, you know, it's still alive and kicking. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> um, in other news, Vanessa Kirby, who... If you've if you watch The Crown, she played um, Princess Margaret for the first two series. Um, she's a great, like, kind of. She's not up and coming because she's done a lot in like um, England and the UK and stuff. But she's being eyed potentially as a new Catwoman for the Matt Reeves Batman. Cool. Um, so a lot of people will probably be familiar with her in the new Fast and Furious movie that yeah, comes so that's out with the Hobbs only, and Shaw. Yeah, that's the only uh, thing I've seen her in is the trailer mm-hmm. for Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> but you know what? She She's really good. Um, and I kind of saw like some of the fight scenes from the trailer. Yeah. I think she could play a nice, um, like a really great um, Catwoman. Yeah. Yeah. And she's a great actress. So for me, I just wanted to kind of acknowledge that, get it out in the world. I'm like, I hope that she... You know, she she's Catwoman because she yeah, would yeah. be 100% amazing in it. Yeah, shout out to one of your girl crushes, right? Yeah. <laughs> and she's got really, like, even her eyes, she's got really great, like, kind of cat-like, cat-eye-like features. Right. So I think that's um, that would also be really great, too. Yeah. Um, in other casting news, this one's official. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff is going to be a Ghostbuster. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not Jeff exactly, but... Paul Rudd. Yes. Um, Paul Rudd is joining the Ghostbusters. So he is joining Ghostbusters 2020, and they announced it on um, social media. So they had him film a little mini video outside of the Ghostbusters fire station. Um, He is joining Carrie Coon and Finn Wolfhard for the July 2020 movie. Um, We still don't know if the original Ghostbusters are going to be there. Um... Obviously, we are going to be short one um, because of the passing. Uh, I am going to definitely butcher this. But Jeff, in the meantime, while I quickly Google this, how do you feel about Paul Rudd joining, you know, such a beloved 80s franchise? 
Um, yeah, I like it a lot, actually. I think, um, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to say they fumbled, I guess, the last Ghostbusters movie, but. It was fun. I liked it. It was really good. But I guess it didn't work for all audiences, so they kind of had to take a different direction with this one. And I mean, bringing in, like, someone so likable as Paul Rudd, mm-hmm. I think you can't go wrong there. Yeah, <laughs> unless he turns out to be, like, a bad guy. There's no way that But I feel happen. like, um. I feel like with the casting of him and Carrie Coon and Finn Wolfhard, I feel like they're going to be a family that's going to be terrorized by the ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is, is still discussions that potentially the original Ghostbusters minus um, Harold Ramis, who played Egon Spengler, mm-hmm. um, will be re- kind of reprising their ro- roles. And so is Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Um, I really hope like Rick Moranis and Amy Potts come back because they were always my favorite, <laughs> especially Rick Moranis. He was super dorky in like the original one. Yeah. Um, Isn't Rick Moranis doing some like weird like country singing or something? I have no idea. I don't know. I swear, like, <laughs> I, he's, not, he's, not, he's not in movies anymore. I know that. Oh, that's not. But yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I do hope that they come back and I feel like they will. Um, it just kind of depends on the script and the writing. Mm-hmm. It'd be really amazing to see um, Dan Aykroyd and, um, you know, the guys kind of back in, like, the Ghostbuster suits. Yeah. Right? No, definitely. Um, and then speaking of 80s, we are going back again because Stranger Things Season 3 premiered on Netflix on July 4th. Yes, it did. Um we have so we're not the type of people to kind of binge all eight episodes. Yeah, I, I really, I don't, I don't really, I really don't like that idea of just like binging the whole entire like season in like one sitting. No, because you kind of, for me, I it doesn't matter what show it is. I still need to kind of absorb and sometimes take a break in what's happening. Yeah, exactly. You kind of have to sit and you know let certain things like simmer, just you know. Mm-hmm. But whereas um, just doing it all in one shot, it kind of it takes away from it. Mm-hmm. I feel. Um, and I think that that's also the thing that's kind of spoiled us with, like, all the streaming services is that everything's so readily available. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, we do binge watch, like, The Office. But, yeah, I mean, but we've, like, seen that, like, a million times <laughs> at this point. It's <laughs> uh, So Stranger Things Season 3 has come back after, like, I can't wait. It's been two years. Yeah, it's been a while. It. Yeah. Um, we've seen up until season, I mean, episode four, and it's pretty good so far. You know, I love the the, the mall. Oh yeah, just, like, you can smell like the nostalgia from that mall. I can just taste the eighties, like the old Burger King logos and like Sam the Record Man, yeah, Walden Books, yeah, yeah, like and like Orange Julius being like the big <laughs> kind of like you know place to be. It was amazing, and I, I love that they had the big like fountain in the center court and stuff. Right. Um. It, like, yeah, it, it reminds me of, like, how all of our malls, like, Square One and Aaron Mills Town Center used to look like back in the day. Yeah, before right? it blew up and became what it is today. Um, But it's really interesting to kind of see, um, y- you know, it, it, it's definitely darker yeah. than before. And I think I like that it does that because it progresses as the kids get older. So now the kids are teenagers. Right. And they're exploring like young love with Elle and Mike um, and, you know, um, David Harbour, who plays Jim Hopper. He's like the protective dad. He's got like the dad, like death stare. I love like, it. It's yeah. amazing. I, yeah. I feel like that would be me as a father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I get a lot of like vibes like, yes, I, I feel this. <laughs> 
Uh, I love the one where, like, he kind of scared the, like, living crap out of Mike. And then he started singing in the car. Yeah. Like, oh, it was so cute and so pure. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, it's really great to see. And we've got a lot of new faces. We've got Carrie Elways, who, you know, obviously for me, the first time I saw him or was familiar with him was in Princess Bride. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Jake Busey. He's always who like <laughs> he always plays like such a jerk. Yeah. And I, I honestly feel like I feel like Jer- Jake Busey in real life is actually like a genuinely nice person. I would considering imagine so. how many times he plays such a big jerk in movies. Yeah, yeah. That seems always how be how it is, right? Right. <laughs> he's got like that jerky kind of face, right? Yeah. Um, another per- another new person who's kind of joined, her name is Maya Hawk, and she looks so familiar. And then I saw a BuzzFeed article that says that her um parents are Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman, and now every time I watch the episodes all i can see is like uma thurman and ethan hawk's face like <laughs> just meld it together she is the carbon copy of her parents yeah it's weird yeah i wonder for me i'm like i love the movie reality bites with winona rider and ethan hawk and like ben stiller i wonder if she talked to winona rider about that mm, right yeah maybe <laughs> um certainly not going to talk to anyone about gattaca <laughs> what do you what are you saying Gattaca. Gattaca is a fine science fiction film. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last bit of news that we have is the premiere of the Mulan trailer. So obviously with all of the live action Disney stuff coming around, it was expected that we were going to get a Mulan um, live action. For me, as an Asian woman... What? <laughs> I wanted to make sure that you know, we are going to get properly represented. You know, it's, it's not enough that we're just going to get an Asian person cast as Mulan. Like I wanted for me, I wanted like, I wanted it to be represented well, because obviously like Mulan in the original stories, not even just the Disney one, mm-hmm. but she was a Chinese woman, mm-hmm. right? She was a Chinese girl. So for me, proper casting would be that they casted a proper Chinese uh, like actress for this and then they did yeah. um and they showed us the trailer and it looks amazing mm-hmm. yeah i liked it a lot i mean it's a little, it's a little bit of a teaser right so we don't really see too much mm-hmm. but i mean from what they showed it looks pretty good mm-hmm. so the things that will be missing in this though are the musical numbers so we're not gonna get um reflection we're not gonna get make a man out of you Aww. we're not gonna which i'm like that was one of my favorite parts. Yeah, of no, the, exactly. The movies, right? And we are also um, losing Eddie Murphy's character, which I'm doing a quick Google search right now because because I'm not helping. My brain does not work. <laughs> um, but we are going to miss Mushu. So apparently, like Mushu is not going to be making an appearance, which, like. Everyone who's seen Mulan a hundred thousand times will know like the best line, which was like dishonor on you, dishonor on your family, dishonor on your cow. <laughs> like, even if they didn't bring back Eddie Murphy, if they did something like, you know, having like someone else replace like the voice character of like Mushu, yeah. it would have been really cool to see. But I think that this one they're making it a more grounded version of Mulan. Um so it's going to be, I don't know, I'm like, I'm really looking forward to it. Again, it's amazing representation. We're seeing a lot of really great um, Asian actors in it. Like Jet Li is going to be in it. Awesome. Um, Donnie Yen is going to be in it. So that's really exciting. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I've, I haven't really, I guess, I, I guess you could say I've been very sort of like lukewarm on a lot of these like live action mm-hmm. uh, Disney remakes. 
Um, but I mean, this this one, this one, I'll definitely watch because I I did like this one as a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, like I'm looking forward to this one. I'm actually really looking forward to Maleficent too. Um, oh yeah, definitely looking forward to like the Little Mermaid. Um, there's just it, it it's coming out and it's coming out really slowly. Like they they did really good with the Cinderella one. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate Blanchett as like the evil stepmother was just like perfect. She was great in it. Yeah. Um. So you think there are formula formulas at work um but i mean it's one of those things where disney i still do want disney to come up with more original content so it's not constantly remaking yeah like, like what's gonna happen versions. yeah yeah it's like what's gonna happen like in a couple of years once they've like remade like all of these ones right i really want them to remake emperor's new groove oh classic bring back david spade as the <laughs> llama <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. He's not doing anything right now. Um, and oh, like when Eartha Kit played Isma, oh, so good. Ember's New Groove. I don't care what anybody says. No one can change my mind. It is one of the most underrated like Disney movies. It was so funny. It is so good. I love it. I love the humor in it. It's hilarious. Um, you're just like glowing as you're talking about it. This is so good. I love it. <laughs> But yeah, um, Mulan, super excited for it. I can't wait. It's yeah, another one of those Disney princesses one. I think it's going to obviously be a while till they do like a brave one, but I would love oh, right. them to do like a, like a brave like live action. Yeah. Right with Merida. Yeah, yeah. She's I think they're going to yeah, they're going to hold off on some of the more recent ones. Yeah, and the, obviously but... they're already kind of doing one with Sleeping Beauty with like Maleficent. Yeah, yeah. So, um yeah, like Snow White, I think um that one's also going to be eventually down the line too maybe oh yeah i mean they're they're definitely after. gonna do all of them yeah. right i mean <laughs> gotta milk that well <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah super excited for mulan so just before we get into spider-man far from home um warning major spoilers are ahead if you guys are new to this you should not be surprised. You, you are new surprised. to this. Um, <laughs> new to what? <laughs> what is this exactly? Well, if you're new to this podcast and you, you know, new to okay, <laughs> um, we do talk frequently about spoilers, so we are giving you a little bit of a spoiler warning. But yeah, Spider-Man: Far From Home. It's the first movie since um, Endgame. And it's the first one since we, like, it's the first one without a Stanley cameo. So, the, you know, obviously the the feel for this and the expectations for this were very, um, I guess, high. Right? Yeah. Um, it started off really well. I loved it. It started off amazing. Like, they knew what we loved about, like, the last movie. And they, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> they went with it. It, it, it just, like. It screamed like Windows Movie Maker, like iMovie, Comic Sans, yeah. Getty Images. Like I love the Getty Images watermark with like the doves <laughs> flying. So it was like that. In, it was an in memoriam video to Iron Man and Natasha, um, Black Widow, and Steve Rogers in and Vision. Vision. <laughs> um, which I'm like, I totally forgot. I'm like, oh yeah, Vision died. <laughs> um, and they had. Winnie Houston's I Will Always Love You playing in the background. Perfect. And it was just so good. Like the, the you know, obviously for me going in, I felt very sad because I'm just like, you know, 
in the trailers, you definitely see that Peter's kind of really dealing with the loss of Tony Stark, who is was like a dad figure to him, like a father figure to him, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, yeah, they kicked it right out of the gate with just making such a really fun um, kind of high school newsroom moment. Yeah, right? yeah, I just yeah, I just love the whole like high school uh, news show stuff. Because you can like, still it see was the so, green screen. Yeah, it's so bad and it's so, you know. <laughs> um, it was great. Um, you know, in the rest of the movie was really great too, just with the whole trip to Europe and stuff, right? Yeah, because like this movie, like especially I would say maybe the first like 20 minutes before we kind of get into like superhero stuff, mm-hmm. it was very much just like this fun kind of like teen, like Euro trip movie, mm-hmm. right? Where like you have all the, you know, you have the stuff with like Peter and like MJ and stuff like mm-hmm. wanting to like sit together on the plane. Yeah. And then <laughs> the <laughs> it didn't go as planned and he got stuck with the teacher. Yeah, my favorite and... scene, my, my favorite scene in the in like that airplane scene, or my favorite part in the airplane plane scene was when Peter was sitting next to the teacher and then how he was talking about how he thought his wife died in the decimation. So they just like left him for like a, like a different guy and stuff. And they, she's like, yeah, we had a fake funeral for her too. Do you want to see pictures? Um, but He's I mean, just so hilariously pathetic. Yeah. It's like. It's sad. <laughs> but what I really liked about this movie is obviously being the movie after Endgame, you, I was really concerned about how many Endgame references there were or like decimation um, references. Yeah. But what was really great is that they they touched upon it but they didn't dive too much into it yeah it's like here is a bunch of our friends that we lost in the five years and then they all of a sudden came back yeah yeah i think it was very like lighthearted almost and they're like making jokes about it like uh the one guy the kid being like super skinny and then like it was like it was like a super skinny like 10 year old and then all of a sudden he changes and it's it's remy he's character yeah 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 (laughs) exactly Um, no but i like that they didn't go in too much about it because it's one of those things where it still felt like its own movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that that's kind of what made it work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeff, do you want to go more into like the Peter and Tony kind of references and stuff? Uh, the Peter and Tony stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. like, like for me, like the Peter and Tony, like relationship has, in general has always been like a little sort of like, cause you know, they're, they're kind of like, for this version, I guess, of Spider-Man, they don't really go into Uncle Ben mm-hmm. as much. And so Tony, Tony's kind of always like been like Uncle Ben in this universe, in this version. See, you don't even know if like Peter even had a relationship with with Uncle Ben. Yeah. Right. There's there's very little references. Right. There's maybe like an Easter egg with his briefcase. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, something like that. It was engraved yeah. with um, Benjamin Parker. Right. Mm-hmm. The initials. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely see that Tony and Peter, it's definitely the Peter and Ben, Uncle Ben relationship that we've seen in past movies and even the comics. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I, I liked what they did with this. Like, you could tell he was, you know, definitely still, you know, dealing with a lot from that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was nice, I guess, when he sort of got, I guess, his, his glasses. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. And they did still keep, like, the Tony humor alive. So, of obviously, um, the AI that's living within uh, the glasses that P- that Tony gave Peter was called Edith. Yeah. And that was an um, 
that was an acronym for um, even dead. I'm the hero. Yeah. 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 <laughs> which is just like, it's typical Tony. Right? Of course. He's, kept, he's still, he's yeah. Sense of humor until um, then, which was really great. And what I liked is that I saw more warm feelings with Peter and happy. Yeah. I, I liked happy a lot. Cause like happy just, he, obviously in the first movie, happy just kind of looked at him as this like weirdo kid. That's just like constantly following them around. Yeah, yeah. Right? But this time, like, Happy's very much more protective over him and stuff, and potentially. Yeah, well, he's kind of. Yeah, aunt. he's kind of moving in on his uh, aunt a little bit there. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, Happy was, like, really great in this movie. Yeah, I just, I just love that, uh, like, John Favreau, he kind of. You know, by creating like you know, like having by having him like himself in the first Iron Man movie, mm-hmm. he sort of like was able to like extend like his life sort of with yeah. like the MCU. Like after he obviously you know directing the first one and then sort of having the fall falling out in those honestly, regards, smart he was move on yeah, him. like he's still able to like keep himself you know employed yeah, in, <laughs> in the, the MCU. MCU. <laughs> um, you know, and then obviously this movie explores kind of like the budding relationship between Peter and MJ. Yeah. For me, it was very like high school. Oh, yeah, definitely. The one, there is another relationship I do want to give a shout out to. And that Which is one, the babe? very ill, that was the very like short but loved relationship between Betty Brant and yeah. Ned. Yeah. It's like they didn't talk to each other and then they sat next together on the plane. And as soon as they got off the plane, they were in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> And it was typical high school stuff. It was like, oh, like, babe, what should we do? What should we do, babe? Yeah, I don't know, babe. What do you want to do, babe? <laughs> just like, yeah. <laughs> and it was so cute, right? It was just really funny. And it was just one of those things where, especially with Ned, Ned had, like, a plan. He's like, oh, no, I'm going to be an American bachelor in Europe. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he, like, gets out of the plane. And he's like, yeah, I'm in love. Yeah, I got a girlfriend now. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> um. So, yeah, like, that was, you know, that was a really cute kind of, um, I guess, like, side story yeah. to the entire thing, too, right? Yeah, um, something for, you know, Ned to do, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But, and it was also really great to see him get a girl. Oh, yeah, right? no. Just, like, being, like, Peter's, like, dorky best friend. You kind of, you know, obviously in the first movie, you know, how do you be friends with, like, a, a with Spider-Man? Yeah. Right? You're yeah. obviously going to be constantly, like, overshadowed, right? Um. But it was really great. And, you know, the whole budding romance between Peter and MJ was really um, sweet, too. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I in the, I didn't... Honestly, I didn't really like her character as much in Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Like, it was kind of like... Uh, well, you know... Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you're more of... You're well, more yeah, of well, I'm, of well I, I've immediately kind of removed my expectations in terms of, you know, oh, this isn't what MJ is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying that, right? But I just mean, like, I don't know, every character in, in like, Homecoming compared to, I guess, this. Eh. Like, in this one, she's, a, you know, she's a lot better. <laughs> For me, I've always loved her. I thought it, she was just, like, really funny in Homecoming. Yeah. Um, And I love kind of, like, how she she is dorky in her own right but she's also very like morbid and stuff like when they were talking about oh, yeah. like, black dahlia and yeah, like, yeah yeah like the murders like super like nonchalant <laughs> of course <laughs> um no and i thought it was really great and they like zendaya and um tom holland they have like amazing chemistry yeah right so i definitely want to see her um I definitely want to see her character more in like future sequels for sure. And kind of want to see how the relationship goes from there. Cause now she does know that he's Peter Parker. Yeah. Right. Um, another character is 
the character that I was like, obviously I love Jake Gyllenhaal as an actor. I think he's a great actor, but when they you only love him as an actor, <laughs> but when they announced him as being the, like as the one to play like Mysterio, I was kind of a little bit weary only because the Mysterio I'm familiar with, it was in the animated comics and like I never really knew kind of the animated like who, series, right? Yeah. yeah, or sorry, animated series, and I never really knew who Mysterio was outside of that, like outside of the suit. Um, the man so, behind the fishbowl. Yeah, and like that's the thing. It's like <laughs> bringing Mysterio in. It's such a character that works in the comics and the animated series. Yeah, like, it works perfectly because he's so that, ridiculous. But like, how would you bring that to to live action? And they did a really great job. Yeah, no, I I loved it. Yeah, like I was like the moment they cast Jake Gyllenhaal. I was, like, a million times on board. Because, like, I mean, please don't let me just, like, talk about Jake Gyllenhaal for the next, like, ten minutes. But, like... That's what we're going to do. No, but as an actor, like, I don't know. I really like him. Um, I can think... I don't know. Obviously, first seeing him in Donnie Darko and then just kind of... I don't know. I guess growing up almost with, like, a lot of his, like, more recent movies. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he's kind of venturing more into, like, indie stuff now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just... I really like him as an actor. He has... I, I need to stop for a second. Well, <laughs> well really? I... Someone's crushing on Jake Gyllenhaal. No, but look, like he's been in a lot of movies recently, which I really like. Like Enemy, I love that movie. I can see heart eyes right now when you're talking about Jake Gyllenhaal. No, but he's a really good actor. Like, and he, I, he picks really good projects, like Enemy and like Life. Yeah, um, Life was really great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not like that movie. I wouldn't say was a you know good sort of showcase of his acting talent, but it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, you know, Nightcrawler. I love that movie. Um, please stop me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for me, um, Jake Gyllenhaal, he's, with all of the indie movies I've seen from him, I always just thought that he was, like, a way too uber, like, serious person. And then you see, like, a totally different side to him on his Instagram. Yeah. So he always just, like, he's such a, like, a, he's, like, a fun guy, right? Kawhi Leonard. Oh, I don't know. Too soon. Right? Yeah. Um, but. The yeah, I guess he just created that for um, the uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, Let's hope he does press it. For it. No, no, but, yeah, I know. Hopefully he keeps it up now. <laughs> I mean, now that the tour is over, I hope he keeps it up and, like, does it mm-hmm. for all his projects and just, you know, what he's doing in general. For me, what was really great about um, Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio is that he was a really great, for lack of a better word, I guess, like replacement to Tony Stark with yeah. Peter Parker. Um, he was just a really great kind of, I got, like, they had a really great chemistry, like, they had really great chemistry and it had a really great um, relationship in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, because right? it kind of looked like he was going to uh, fill Tony's shoes a little. Mm-hmm. in terms of, um, you know, what he meant, you know, to mm-hmm. Peter and stuff. And you know what? Like, um, obviously, with all of the characters, regardless of if it's a Marvel movie or a DC movie, we always see changes in the costumes. But this one was very accurate. Yeah, it was really, it was actually pretty accurate. I mean, I've always liked Mysterio's, like, costume. Mm-hmm. It's just so, like, ridiculous. It's, yeah. It's like, with, so like, the fishbowl and just, like, because it's, like, that, like, you know, classic, like, weird, just, like, sci-fi, like, you know, costume that you would expect. And that's why when I thought about this movie and I thought that, you know, they were going to look for someone to play Mysterio, I was very, um, I guess, like, confused and curious as to how they would play such a, like, extravagant, like, otherworldly character into this movie, into live action, and they did a great job with it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I, I liked it a lot. They did a really good job. It was actually, it was very comics accurate. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, whether or not to a fault in a sense, you know, we could talk about that later, but um, <laughs> I really did like it a lot. And yeah. just the way they, you know, like you were saying with what they did with a lot of the illusions and stuff, I think they did a really good job with that. As yeah, well. no, um, obviously, Jeff, we can talk more about the reveal later on, but when he was using these illusions to play mind tricks on Peter Parker. Yeah. They executed it really well in that it felt like real and like scary at the same time. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it was it was really well done. And it's exactly how especially when he does like these illusions in the animated series, you're kind of wondering like how will this play out in live action? And they did such an amazing job with it. Yeah. Right. Um Jeff, do you want to talk about the big reveal? Uh, the big reveal, yes. Back. So, yeah. So, obviously, in the trailer, it's implied that there is a multiverse, right? Yeah. So, this was, this kind of opened up everything in that trailer because um, when uh, they mentioned that there is, you know, a multiverse and that Jake Gyllenhaal is, you know, from a different, like, you know, universe mm-hmm. and he's coming to um, ours. Yeah. So, it was implied that during the decimation um, when they did the Thanos snap and then um, Hulk, you know, did the blip snap. Um, it brought people back from the decimation, but not only that, but it potentially opened up different worlds, right? So this one introduced the multiverse for the very first time in the MCU, mm. um, which for me was just like, okay, so this is how they're going to introduce X-Men. Yeah, this opens the door for everything, exactly. Yeah. And so there's your whole phase four now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but obviously it turns out, you know, like Mysterio, it was a lie. <laughs> I mean, is it though? Like, yeah, so that's kind of the thing, right? Because there's like, they, he does mention certain things which are true. Mm-hmm. Like, cause he, they do sort of label like, you know, the universe that they're in as earth 616, which is technically. And that's like, not, that's not a number that he can just like, it's not a number that sounds like it comes up on the fly. Yeah. It's not a random number that like, you know, that like, you know, he was just sort of fed to say or something mm-hmm. like that's a real number. That mm-hmm. is like the main like Marvel universe mm-hmm. is six one six, right? And then you know, saying you know he's from Earth eight three three, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all, and that's also another real one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because I know in that one, um, that that's the one was uh, Spider Man UK, mm-hmm. um, which I guess probably kind of why they picked that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you know, obviously we got a little bit of a taste of the multiverse in um spider-man into the spider-verse but obviously this is the first time it was ever referenced in the mcu so for me i mean jeff with the whole plot reveal that he's actually not from um earth 833 and that he's actually from this earth and he was just um, a disgruntled employee at stark industries which we'll kind of explore later on but you know does this totally erase then the possibility of a multiverse? No, in the MCU. It, no, it definitely, definitely doesn't. Because uh, I, because we know obviously with um, like Ant Man and uh, Doctor Strange mm-hmm. as well, and their sort of uh, you know experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say this, you know, shuts the door on that. Mm-hmm. But at just, least for right now, it I guess makes it a bit harder to kind of explain or like introduce like. Fantastic Four and like the new X Men. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not just going to be instantaneous. Like, oh, just like Mysterio, you know, this is how we, you know, came into your universe. And as well. I like that. I kind of like that they did that. I like that, you know, 
multiverse potentially could exist. Yeah. It's just we're not going to explore it right now because, you know, right now we're still kind of getting you guys involved in these characters, right? Before we introduce a whole bunch of new characters that we essentially bought from Sony and Fox. Right. Right. Yes. I all got back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, it turns out that the, I guess, main villains that we saw in the trailers were actually not even like the villains itself, but it was more illusions created by Mysterio. And yeah, they weren't even, they weren't even real. Which, um, uh... <laughs> so, yeah, we because we saw Hydro Man and we saw Molten Man. Yeah, so that's why that's sort of what was funny because like they didn't really ever sort of like label them as like Hydro the Man. the Hydro Man and Molten Man. No, because they call them that, the Elementals. Yeah, they're just Elementals, right? But like I know, like that's why it was kind of funny because even like in like the Funkos, for example, mm-hmm. like they're labeled as Hydro Man and Molten Man. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, you know, they, they're, like, nothing really, mm. you know, like the uh, comic book counterparts. Yeah. Well, I think it would be too spoilery if, like, they marketed it and it's, like, yeah, it's Hydro Man, but it's not Hydro Man because you got to watch the movie and find out that it's Hydro Man isn't Hydro Man. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, but you said, like, you know. I know that you were talking to me earlier and you said that Flash mentioned Morris Bench. So is he? Yeah, because he mentioned, yeah, because they sort of, I guess, uh, I think he said it, it was part, as part of some like this, like crazy conspiracy mm-hmm. or whatever that it was like that guy. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like kind of like a throwaway reference to like the actual, the real guy who did, who was Hydro Man mm-hmm. in the comics. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. But, um, so. You know, Jeff, with this, like, you know, with the whole reveal, obviously, as um, people who are viewing the movie, we know that Mysterio is a villain. Yeah. Right. But obviously, in the trailer, he was kind of shown to be a hero. But you even said that in the comics, when they first introduced him, he did originally come out as the hero. And then it was later revealed that he was actually um, a villain. So it is predictable. But I mean, are you happy with that? Yeah, so this is this is kind of like it's kind of interesting for me, where it's like I wonder how people who obviously didn't know like this was gonna happen with Mysterio, how they view the movie. Because mm-hmm. I know for me, like I knew going in, well, even from the first trailer, obviously, like there's no way Mysterio's you know a good guy. Yeah, there's no way like you know he's he's probably lying about everything. Even if he was in multiverse A33, like just the Mysterio that we all know. Yeah. He's a fraud mm-hmm. always. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's just this like special effects, like guy. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, he doesn't have any actual powers or anything. Yeah. Well, you know, let's talk about that. So um, what I really liked is when they did the big reveal that he was actually a bad guy, um, they did show, you know, people from past, movies from past iron man and like you know in the civil war yeah right and so, that was also where uh jake gyllenhaal really started to kind of unravel no yeah and he's really started to you know this is where he's like oh i'm gonna step up my acting game a it, bit right monologue and yeah he was just monologuing and i was just like oh yes jake yes take this <laughs> <laughs> um so someone has a crush on jake gyllenhaal <laughs> i think he's a good actor um, and i like the projects he chooses to be in <laughs> um but no, it was really great because they they reintroduced a character who we haven't seen since the first Iron Man movie, um, who worked for um, Obadiah. Yes. 
And the dude. It turns out that he was he's also he got fired by Tony Stark, obviously. obviously. He worked with him. Yeah. And then he also fired Jake Gyllenhaal's Hall's character. So Jake Gyllenhaal's Hall's character's name is Quentin Beck. Yeah. Um and it was revealed that Quentin Beck was the one who invented um Tony Stark's augmented reality. Thing, yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. So he's not He's not a dumb guy. He's incredibly no, no. intelligent. Yeah. Right? You know, and he, what I really liked about it is that it showed kind of like the, like, it made sense when they showed, you know, him, um, f- like, revealing that he was the one who invented that augmented reality and then showed that basically from that point when he got fired and I guess around the time during Civil War till now, he's just improved on his technology. Yeah. Right. By like bringing a whole bunch of drones to create those illusions. Yeah, exactly. Because right? for me, that's what I was also really confused with, too, is like, yes, he's a fraud and he's a great illusionist. But how great of an illusionist are you to create these elementals and to actually destroy buildings? And yeah, well, that's... do the damage that you do. So with the whole drone technology thing, that really does explain a lot. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was really cool. Um, Because I know, obviously, like, for Mysterio in the comics, you know, he's, like, a failed actor. But he was, like, this, like, whiz at, like, special effects, right? Mm -hmm. And so he is, you know, he is a smart guy. Mm -hmm. So he is able to, you know, pull off all these, like, crazy things without having any actual powers. Mm -hmm. And what was really great, and, yeah, again, it's a tribute to Jake Gyllenhaal and his um, ability (laughs) as an actor. Yes, just keep giving him compliments. (laughs) Go for it. It's the minute that his face, as soon as... um, as soon as Peter left him, I know glasses, what you're yeah, yeah, right. And like as soon as Peter walked out the door, it it zooms back into Quentin's face, and it turns from like a normal face to like a super maniacal smile. He is a really good face actor. Yeah, like yeah, some of the things that he pulls off his face, he's yeah. <laughs> so it, you you definitely see where Peter it's, Parker's version of Quentin Beck versus the real Quentin Beck yeah. kind of like switches, and it is amazing. Yeah, because I like I even like that uh, moment uh, earlier on in the movie where um, originally, like you know, he wasn't calling himself Mysterio, right? Mm-hmm. But then when he heard like that Mysterio name, and then he sort of picked it up, right? Mm-hmm. And he kind of had this face like <laughs> he's like, yes, that I'm is Mysterio. Me. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, do Jeff, do you want to talk about like the ending and stuff? Um, so obviously, you know, it, it's revealed that Mysterio is actually a bad guy. Yeah. And Tony needs, I'm sorry, not Tony. Um, Peter Parker needs to go back to get Tony's glasses that he gave to, to Quentin. What I really liked about that one, and again, it was a nice tribute to tony was when they were when him and happy were on the plane to england and you could see him you know kind of reconfigure his spider suit yeah um and it's exactly how tony used to do it with his iron man suit right so for me that was a nice little nod that he really took everything that tony said and what tony was about to heart and even though he wasn't gonna be the new iron man he could at least be a better spider-man Right, right, yeah. And I know, like, for the ending, um, there was, like, one moment which I really wanted. It didn't exactly happen, but it kind of happened earlier on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, during, um, I guess, one of uh, Mysterio's, I guess, um, previous illusions when he was trying to uh, trick uh, Peter. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, that was when I guess Nick Fury supposedly, you know, took him out in one shot. Mm-hmm. After that whole, um, after all of those like illusions and stuff, because like yeah. the big, the funny thing like with Mysterio for me is like for all his like crazy illusions and powers and stuff, he always gets taken out by like one punch, mm-hmm. right? Because he's like at the end of the day, he's just he's just, he's a, just guy. a guy, he's just yeah. a dude, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like I, don't know, I always, it's always always so funny for me with the character. <laughs> <laughs> so even though Jake Gyllenhaal or like Mysterio you know, gets defeated by Spider-Man, he still kind of gets the last laugh, right? Yeah, um, yeah, she did. <laughs> so that is revealed in, was that the mid-credits scene? Or yeah, was it like the, the mid-credits the yeah. mid scene. It's the mid-credits scene and then the post-credits scene. Yeah. So the, mid- so that, the mid-credits scene, right, that started off with that. I really like the like how it started off with, obviously, you know, Spider-Man kind of taking MJ mm-hmm. and they were, like, going for, like, a swing. Because it's so realistic. Yeah, and she right. was, like, she didn't like it. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> because like obviously in like the original like the first two spider-man like movies or series yeah with, like you know kristen dines and emma stone you know they were just like this is amazing i love flying but for her it was like legit yeah i am terrified for my fear. life get me down oh my god and, like that was great but we should never do it again <laughs> yeah, yeah and yeah. i'm like that is a hundred percent how everyone should react by like swinging around randomly and like he could easily drop her and he did right yeah no exactly <laughs> to, like drop her accidentally <laughs> but it was a very genuine reaction and i like that yeah right um but it reveal it's then revealed that you know quentin beck had other further plans to it mm-hmm. so he kind of edited a video together prior to his death and then sent it out there that revealed or that is like that kind of essentially frames spider-man for his death yeah right um so i think at the by the end of spider-man far from home people still felt like mysterio was a hero mm-hmm. right um so there was no way to really prove that he wasn't a hero um or that he was a villain and he ended up Selling his like video, I guess, to J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I this was yeah, that was so, like really yeah, cool. Let's talk about that. I was like, yeah, so I was really, I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, it was really nice to see him, you know, back doing his uh, thing. Obviously, for this one, um, it's he was kind of more like a, I guess an Alex Jones type conspiracy, crazy conspiracy mm-hmm. guy, um, which is why I almost I sort of have to question. Like the authenticity of it, yeah, because it's like this isn't coming exactly, this isn't really coming from a credible news source, so yeah. I mean, while, sense, while not... the original Sam Raimi Spider Man was like out there and stuff, one of the really great highlights was having J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson, yeah. And we saw him at the Spider Man premiere, and for me, I'm just like, I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, oh, cool, like he's there, yeah, cool. Right? He, he was a big part of the Spider Man movie. It's like, nice to see that he's still, you know, you know, he still I mean, supports the movies. It'd be really cool if like to even see like. Tommy McGuire or like Adam Andrew Garfield there. So we I didn't think too much about it in the premiere until I saw the mid credit scene. Yeah. And I saw the familiar like yelling at the camera face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the voice. And I'm like, that's that's JK Simmons. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and he finally, I guess, revealed Spider-Man's identity. <laughs> so I mean, like, I don't know, like I, I 
does that and like obviously daily bugle there isn't a um newspaper but it is more of like a dailybugle.net it's more like very much info wars conspiracy theory type yeah thing. yeah that's where i sort of begin to question like in this like world what is like what's the credible sort of news sources right and what's like you <laughs> well, know it's like still is, not fox news yeah i don't know and i don't think there's any universe where that's credible <laughs> but um yeah, I just I just sort of wonder like is this like you know how much stock can we put into like this? Mm-hmm. And I mean like is this just like a one time cameo thing? Yeah, and just for be there for future sequels. Yeah, and just for him in general. I I I don't know. I honestly I don't I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think he's gonna be a major character going forward. Which for me it sucks because like I would love to see him in like the next sequel because I mean obviously you have um, Betty Brant there who's. Elizabeth Brandt um in the comics she works for the Daily Bugle yeah right so it'd be really cool to get eventually get like Peter Parker and Betty Brandt as interns for the the Daily Bugle but obviously this Daily Bugle is so much more different from the ones that we're used to that yeah I totally agree with you like I don't know how authentic it is and if it's more just a fan service cameo yeah I loved it but I, I I'm not expecting this to really jet off anywhere no i don't think so well let's talk about the other post credit scene yeah well i mean well the big thing obviously you know from that was just you know revealing um you know who spider-man is right Mm -hmm. and like what like you know the actual ramifications for that you know Mm -hmm. could be yeah i mean like is he is he gonna go along with it or is it gonna be something where he denies like how how much is it going to affect his day-to-day life? Because yeah, he's still a teenager. Yeah. Right? And that's, like, that's the one thing. I think having Tom Holland, obviously he's, like, 23 right now. But, like, having him, having such a younger Spider-Man, um, you really just remember at the end of the day he's still a kid. Yeah. Right? And that's the thing that he struggled with this entire movie. It was just, like, I'm a kid. I'm in high school. Right. I'm in Europe with a girl I have a crush on. I want to just have fun. Yeah. I don't want to have this responsibility of being the Avenger or being the replacement Tony Stark, like Iron Man. You yeah. know, I'm just a kid. So, you know, I'm really I'm really curious to see kind of how they go they go with it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I know like the big thing um sort of was unfortunately with a lot of Spider Man movies is they always like to have Spider Man take his mask off. Mm-hmm. And like it seems like that everyone you know knows who Spider Man is. It's like, dude, and it's like, come on. yeah, because he's just like out, you know, with his mask off, and it's like, you know, <laughs> come on, man, you're <laughs> the whole reason you're you're in this suit is to hide you your identity because you got to protect Aunt May and you know MJ and all the and people also, you love. Like you're a smart kid, you're in like a science like school. Wouldn't or and you have like Tony Stark's technology now. Wouldn't you develop a suit if it made it so hard for you to talk or breathe or whatever? Like, wouldn't you just make a suit like a mask that kind of helped with that? So yeah, you didn't have to take the mask out all the time. Yeah, you think so, right? right? Um, that's sort of yeah, because like, sort that's sort of funny with the MCU. Superhero um, they, magic. Yeah, <laughs> no, but like they don't really, they don't really seem to ever like none of the heroes really seem to care that much about protecting their identities. No. For the most part, like a lot of them, their face is out there. I mean, like the first Iron Man movie, just, you know, Tony Stark. And he's just like, I'm Iron Man. Yeah. What up? Right. right. He's not hiding anything. Yeah. You know, I can think about it. Like no one, no one is a secret there. Everyone knows who Ant-Man is. Yeah. And you just kind of wonder what kind of privacy do they have. Right. Yeah, exactly. But like, I don't know. Like for me, it's like, I I do kind of want it to be different for Peter because again, he's a kid. Right. 
Yeah. Um, he's also making up for five years that he's lost. Mm-hmm. Right. As a kid. So, um, and it doesn't, obviously MJ does not seem like a person who would like that much attention. No. Right. No. So it's like, how is it going to affect um, his relationship with her? And then like Ned, you know, he already feels kind of um, overshadowed sometimes by the fact that he knows that his, his, um, best friend is spider-man so like how is he gonna feel like you know yeah exactly and how 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 is uh how is flash gonna feel oh my god (laughs) okay can we just talk about how amazing um flash thompson is in this movie (laughs) like i know that he's like a big bully and he should be bullying like everyone but i love that kind of everyone's picking on him yeah and that he like loves spider-man so much Honestly, he loves Spider-Man the way that you love Jake Gyllenhaal. Probably. 100%. So he's just so cool. And it's like, it's so awesome. You know, he makes me want to be a better person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, dick like... wad. <laughs> um, he's such a great actor in it, too. Yeah, no, I like right? him. Right? So yeah, he... I like the scene, like, at the end. Um, I know you liked it with, um, so, like, his parents weren't there, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, mother's not coming? And it was just, like, his driver. <laughs> Um, no, I, I definitely want to like, and I think that's also what's really great about, um, the Spider-Man series is that his high school pals are just as like great and just as funny. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, like they're, they're all, they've all got their own personalities and it's not just there as like background characters. They really are there to kind of help. I guess like form how Peter Parker is as a kid. Yeah, right? exactly. And they sort of, I mean, obviously they changed, you know, some of the uh, different characters kind of, you know, backstories from the comics a bit, but mm-hmm. they all kind of work well with mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was also really great to see Remy He again, like obviously like <laughs> super big fan of crazy rich Asians. So to kind of see um, all of like the actors there kind of, you know, go into like the different roles that they're in right now. Like Remy, he he was in Crazy Rich Asians. He played, not gonna lie, he was kind of a jerk in that movie, but he, he still played a jerk in this one. But it's just really great to kind of see like familiar like representation in in movies like this. Yeah. Right. Um, and it also showed the diversity of New York, which is exactly how it should be. Right. Exactly. Um. You know, obviously that wasn't just the only mid credit scene. There was another. Yeah, there's always scene. two. <laughs> um, so Jeff, do you want to talk about that and maybe what that means for eventually Phase Four? Yeah. So like, we haven't seen these guys since timeline wise, like since 1995. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. So this part, it could mean something, or like it could honestly mean nothing. Um, so obviously throughout this movie, um, we do have Nick Fury and uh, Maria Hill, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, they kind of, you know, help, I guess, you know, recruit um, Mysterio and they bring back Spider-Man to kind of take care of this uh, threat. Um, and then it's, you know, revealed in the um, last, uh, the end credits scene that they've actually been uh, the Skrulls the whole time, mm-hmm. right? Talos and uh, his, his wife. Yeah, Soren. Yeah. Yeah, which... For me, I was, like, obviously, like, really shocked. But then I also, thinking back at, like, the rest of the movie, the beginning of the movie. So, do you remember? So, the first time we met Talos and Soren was in Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, They were originally thought to be the bad guys, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, So, as far as we knew, they had left Earth to go kind of look for another planet to inhabit and kind of live peacefully. Right? Yeah. Um, and in this one, they came back and they just kind of posed as Nick Fury and Maria Hill. 
right? Yeah, I think um, they were sort of, I guess, doing uh, Nick Fury a favor. Yeah, as probably. he was kind of, you know, Just out chilling. in space on his vacation mm-hmm. slash. I mean, I don't think he was. He wasn't like you know full in full on vacation mode because he mm-hmm. was definitely still you know working, mm-hmm. you know, on that space station at the end there. Mm-hmm. But I mean. For me, it's just like there has to be a reason why you're introducing those characters again. Yeah. So obviously, one of the another major storyline other than Civil War, um, and Infinity, the Infinity Gauntlet is um, the one with the scrolls, right? Yeah, Secret Invasion. So, is that I like I don't know. For me, what do you want it to be for the? after the post credits and kind of seeing the scrolls come back like do you think that they're gonna have a bigger role in the next movies yeah i don't know i mean for me it's just kind of like it's sort of like i don't know sort of setting the groundwork i guess for this whole thing where like at any time you know anybody could be a scroll Mm -hmm. and they might you know be impersonating someone else Mm -hmm. so just kind of you know setting that up for future movies obviously you know they aren't they aren't these guys are good Mm -hmm. but not all but yeah exactly so Actually, when they first revealed themselves as Skrulls, when um, Nick revealed himself actually as Talos, I started kind of thinking back to the beginning parts of the movie and seeing, like, what was off between the two of them. Yeah. One thing that I remember is that, do you remember how in Captain Marvel, he said that no matter what, even his mom, no one calls him Nick, Mm -hmm. only calls him Fury? Yeah. And in the beginning, right in the beginning when they were in, like, Mexico and they first introduced Mysterio, Maria Hill referred to Fury as Nick. Oh, right. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, huh, right? Like, that's also kind of, like, a little bit of a, like, red flag. Yeah, no, yeah, because their, their characters just seemed, like, off. The yeah. whole movie for me. Something just seemed off with them. Like, you know, like, he, like, Nick Fury seemed like Nick Fury, but wasn't. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, it was really good. I, for me, I hope to see more of them, especially with, like, Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, he's great. So great to have him in the MCU. And I would love for him to kind of have a bigger role. Um, I would love to do some sort of secret invasion one, right? Yeah, that could be that could be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but obviously we just – we don't know. The thing is, this is the first movie since Endgame, so we really don't know where the MCU is kind of leading up to here. There's no hint – that something is going to happen. Yeah. Right? As far as we know, you know, like my, at this point, yeah, <laughs> anything can happen. We don't know. I think, I think, um, they are planning on revealing, I guess their outline, mm-hmm. um, for the upcoming, you know, for phase four and where, where they're going to take everything. I mean, you know, Jeff, like for you, you I, for me personally, what I really liked about it is that it, alluded to events in Endgame and Infinity War, but at the same time, it was still its own movie, and it didn't do anything to kind of set it up for us to kind of forget about this movie and look forward to the next one. It really let us enjoy what this movie was, and this movie was fun, and it was lighthearted at times, and it was very heartwarming at times, but at the end of the day, they just kept it really fun. They kept it really light, Um, and I think it was it was a really great movie. Yeah, no, it felt, I mean, yeah, it felt a lot like a standalone kind of Spider-Man movie. I mean, it's very different from all the other Spider-Man movies that mm-hmm. we, you know, have gotten. Um, I I wouldn't say this is the best Spider-Man movie. Uh, but would well, you? What would you consider as the best Spider-Man movie? 
Oh, jeez. Yeah. When I said that, I'm like, oh, you're going to ask me that. Yeah. And then I'm going to be like. Inquiring minds want to. Then I'm going to say like Spider-Man 2. And then I'm going to be like. Wait, which Spider-Man 2? What do you mean like, Spider-Man 2? Well, not well. obviously not the amazing Spider-Man 2. So, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Like, I mean, uh, like all the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies kind of blend together for mm-hmm. me. Um, like, I don't know, the more times I watch Spider-Man 3, I don't hate it as much as I did previously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I definitely accept... Are you warming up to the dancing? I love, I love the dancing. <laughs> I love the dancing. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Like, that, those, those are some of the, you know, most iconic Spider-Man movie scenes. <laughs> like, it's even referenced, you know, in Spider-Verse, right? Yeah. Like, they Which know... Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean... Yeah, because, like, I probably would say I like this more than Homecoming. Yeah, 100%. I think yeah. this one was um, it was really good, and it was a nice, like, obviously, with Homecoming, you had, you know, Peter Parker being a kid, um, figuring out that he's he's an Avenger, right? Mm. And this one, it's he's kind of realizing that he doesn't exactly want to be an Avenger yet. He just wants to be a regular kid. Yeah. Um. So it's it, it was the same tone but very different at the same time right exactly yeah but i mean i'd watch it again especially to kind of see like any like other ticks that like nick and maria hill had yeah right i'd like to see that um but i mean all around good movie yeah all around solid movie i liked Um, it a lot jake gyllenhaal great jake gyllenhaal amazing i'd watch it again just for him oscar winning performance right i mean (laughs) like (laughs) not this one specifically but like Yes, just like give them all the awards. All of I don't understand. Like after like Nightcrawler, I don't know. I uh, I don't understand why he didn't get anything for. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> is it? It's uh, he'll get his. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, that is it for our Spider-Man Far From Home discussion. Did you guys agree with anything we said? Or if you didn't, you could always let us know on social media at facebook.com slash this could get nerdy or Twitter and Instagram at get nerdy pod. And if you want to listen to previous episodes, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. We will be back soon with another episode as usual. Signing off. This is Sorrel. And I'm Jeff. And you're listening to This Could Get Nerdy.